Uh, hello there. My name's Chris Casso, and I'm the writer at Trusty Henchman, uh, and I am the ghost with the most. I'm Nicole Lamb, and I don't do anything, and uh, I like gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> you are glorious oblivion. I am, yeah. Fabulous oblivion. <laughs> uh, and this is our podcast, uh, We Should Write This Down. Yes. And uh, so how you doing, Nicole? I'm okay. It's uh, yeah. It's been a weird week for my mental health, but I think I'm, I'm coming back out of it, getting in a good mm-hmm. upswing. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I got my, my Tom of Finland book in this week, mm-hmm. The Official Life and Work of a Gay Hero, and that makes me happy. I've read the mm-hmm. foreword and the backward. <laughs> <laughs> the backward is about the Tom of Finland Foundation, which is now near and dear to my heart because they are dedicated to protect, preserve, document, and educate the public about erotic art and erotic artists. And they'll continue to encourage the work of erotic visual artists, regardless of race, creed, religion, gender, sexual identity, medium of expression, or any other censoring criteria. And it was like started by Tom of Finland and Dirk Daner, which is a great name. And uh, it was mostly just because he's a very prolific artist and has a lot of art and he wanted to protect it. And then it was like, yeah, but what about all erotic art? Because it was because it he believed that it had an importance and Tom of Finland stuff uh, celebrates male sexuality and playfulness and just being, you know, completely down with who you are. So it yeah. actually does have that importance in the world. And um, the only thing that I don't like about Tom of Finland is that the, the cocks are just huge i mean they're from an alien planet and it makes me feel really uncomfortable i don't know what our obsession is in general with just like anaconda size cocks i mean every boner is a is a blessing we know this but uh what (laughs) what what name what is the name of the planet that these alien cocks originate from penetron fella fella Phallocinian. Phallotopius. Phallotopius. Phallotropolis. Cocktropolis. There's a, a movie that nobody knows about or cares about called My Stepmother's an Alien. And it had uh, not not Daryl Hannah, the other one. Uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, she's, she was Bruce Wayne's girlfriend. She was Vicky. Vicky, Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Well, that's her name for this in the movie now, so... Okay, so Vicky Vale. She has no real name. Ah, why can't I remember her name? That's okay. uh, Vicky Vale was in this movie, and in her purse was her like compa- her her assistant. Okay, this guy was like her assistant, but he looked like a penis with an eyeball on it, mm-hmm. and that had to have been intentional. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know what I was talking about. Okay, that's okay. Kim Basinger. <laughs> Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger, thank yeah. you. And um, <laughs> oh, so that alien is like from that planet. He's got to be from that planet. That's where all the phallus creatures come from. Oh, uh, okay. They okay. attach to gay men who are happily and joyfully gay and engaging in sexual activities with other men in a mm, playful and mm-hmm, fun mm-hmm. way. Mm. Uh, and it's a really wonderful symbiotic relationship. You know, this is perfect because I straight up just watched. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 70s one with oh, Donald nice. Sutherland. It's been so a minute. So this is Invasion of the 
cock attachers cock attachers <laughs> detachable penis hey <laughs> and uh also side note when i was trying to figure out the actress i tried googling vicky vale and i misspelled it as wiki vale <laughs> but now it's just like german in mind like vicky vale no wait it's still wait the w is still turned to v's wiki whale wiki whale that's a different porn star right there yes Well, we're off to a great start, I think. Oh, wonderful. I'm so yeah, glad. Yeah, yeah. I started with gay stuff and cocks. So great. Perfect. Well, yeah, yeah. there was something about porn stars, about sad porn stars, I think you wanted to talk about. Was that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I I watched on, uh, let's see, Netflix, they have Midnight Diner, which I absolutely love and highly recommend, especially if you like having your soul shredded to pieces and used as the salad topping. Basically, it's short, like 20 minute episodes. And it's a diner that's uh, open in like a back alley in Tokyo. The guy opens from midnight to seven and he only has one thing on the menu, but he'll make anything you want as long as he has the ingredients for it. And so each episode is just a short story about somebody that visits his restaurant. There's, there's one episode where this guy goes in and he's very, very subdued and he wants a potato salad. And there's like three other guys. Uh, it's a, it's a tiny, tiny restaurant, like a hole in the wall. And they, they start looking at him and they're just like, Hey, you're erect Ito. And he's like, no, 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 no. And they're like, yes, yes, you are. And he's like, no, I'm not. And, and uh, they're like, you have his birthmark and his ring. So he's a famous porn star who at the height of his career, uh, made like 400 films a year or something like that. And like one of the guys wants to be his student and to learn the ways of porn. And, uh, so it's a bit of a comedy, but then they start getting into this, uh, these flashbacks and background story to him where he, uh, his mother disowned him because he became a porn star and he couldn't go to his sister's wedding. And this is like 20 years ago. And then he gets a call from his sister in the current time and, uh, his mother has dementia and he goes to see her and she doesn't recognize him and she's sad that her son won't visit her. And so, and he's like right there as she's sharing this with him. So like he's holding in all this, this emotion. And then she keeps telling him like, I would make potato salad for my son and it's all he would ever want to eat. So she makes it for him and it's terrible. Now there's too much salt. And so it cuts to him in the current time. And he's telling this story to like these guys, these porn fans, in this small hole in the wall and they're all like on the verge of breaking down and then the main character serves him uh some potato salad and it's perfect it's like how it should be and he everybody breaks down completely because it's now the only connection he has to his mother and (laughs) it's like these these the show is fantastically written fantastically acted it's amazing um and some of them are very heartwarming episodes but then they you know within a comedic episode about a porn star you get this story and it's just like oh my god (laughs) oh my god oh my god so many feelings (laughs) so yeah so sad porn stars and uh and so much more off of Midnight Diner. I, I highly recommend it. It's it's so nice too because you know you can 
you can binge a bunch of them or you can just like knock out one or two and they're very self-contained and each episode ends with the character the special character of the episode telling you how to make the dish that was served in that episode so this is fulfilling so, my yes. my niche of cook uh love of comic books that are cookbooks and food centered shows uh, because the movie Tempopo is one of my favorite Japanese movies ever. And if you've never seen that one, you definitely need to give that a shot. Tempopo, it was is... that the uh, the stop animation? Nope. One? Nope. Oh. It's, uh, it's live action. And it's like about a, a trucker that visits a ramen uh, uh, restaurant that is like failing and horrible and so he helps the woman who runs it to like build a better restaurant but there's short stories throughout it um and uh there's like one about gangsters Uh, there's one i love about like a woman that's on her deathbed literally and her family won't shut up and stop fighting so she she tells him to shut up and she makes them like one final dinner and then dies and like the the husband is just like you eat that food it was her final dish you know (laughs) um so it's 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 a comedy but it's it's again that weird balance of drama comedy romance and just you know slice of life very nice so yeah yeah i took a quick break to order some pizza and movies from uh movies from our local nonprofit scarecrow video which you got to keep it alive because they have all kinds of cool stuff and mm. it's since it's october it's halloween time and we're getting the spooky time so i rented high spirits which is a strange movie from 1988 i think uh that you know people probably only have vague re- recollection of yep, it's got um, peter o'toole yeah what's really funny is i called uh, i called scarecrow video trying to find if they could order the dvd for me so i can order through them kind of thing and support them and they found that it was at a production and was like 125 dollars on amazon or something from secondary sellers like crazy and so i was like okay i guess i'll just rent it you know and i was like it's this movie that like nobody seems to remember but me and he was like nah we remember <laughs> it's like scarecrow remembers we scarecrow know scarecrow remembers they're like the we gutenberg i was like yeah and they're like yeah you good <laughs> we got you <laughs> ah, the goots you the, got goots, the goots man the goots <laughs> yeah there was a two pack with Vampire's Kiss, and there's I'm kind of tempted to to rent that, but uh, I'm also going to get Lost Boys. We're going to revisit Sexy no. Saxophone Time. So yes, yeah, 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 yep. And some other Donna. So it's the Sutherland brothers in, the, in this episode, or it's brothers, child and son. So it's, father uh, and father son. and child, <laughs> child and other child. He's their own grandpa. <laughs> Lord knows. <laughs> Let's see Child and son. <laughs> Child and son. Yes. I now pronounce you husband and husband. Yeah. Yes. More of that. Yes. Um, Homoerotic saxophone man. It all ties yes. together. Oh, yes. But is he sad? But is he sad? Is he a sad porn star? <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> so something else that I read uh, that I wanted to mention is a book called Warm Blood by josh tierney who did the spirit books and um 
Tierney does an interesting thing with a lot of his projects where he gets uh, as many artists as he possibly can to contribute. And so this is a book that has over 30 different artists and each chapter is split up like everybody just gets two or three pages. And uh, you would think sometimes as much as you try, that might be disconcerting for a book. But what really works for this one is that it's all kind of like sort of like a dream. Everything has a dream logic to it. Um, it stars a, a young girl that just started her first year of high school. And like the moment she gets there over the uh, the PA system, they're announcing that like, oh, a young boy was murdered in the, the lunch hall. And uh, so, you know, just be careful about that. And she immediately meets like another kid who's got like blood all over his his hands and everything. And he helps her out, find her her homeroom. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the one that killed that guy, by the way. She's like, oh, nice to meet you. And so there's still a mystery about who the murderer is, even though like there it is. And uh, you get a lot of other weird things. And one of my favorite things is that one of the students at the school is a giant prawn named Ennio. And uh, he's just there. He's just a giant prawn. And uh, some of the kids think he's really cute and might want to ask him out. And uh, he gets beaten up later on by a guy. Um, it's And it made me just... I. I and did a review for it and i make a little note saying like josh tierney if you're reading this i would read an entire ya series about teen crustaceans featuring ennio and it, it's got to do the same thing where like nobody says that they're crabs or prawns or whatever they're just there and we get really bad teen romance dramas featuring crabs and lobsters and all the ennios you could catching the sea and the ocean while you did that whole thing which was beautiful thank you i just bought it from my local comic book store <laughs> because i remember seeing that when we were still when we were still in business and i was like "Ooh, i really i like this i liked a lot of the art in it and stuff and i was like i think this is my jam and then you told then you posted those neo things and i was yeah. like why did I not buy this? So now it's like the fourth time or something getting on my radar. And I'm like, that's it. I'm just, it's 1099. It's, it's a small kind oh, yeah. of digesty size, but it's, I think it's worth it. So it's, it's super dense. Uh, there's a quick scene here. I'm just going to read this real quick, please. Uh, where they're having like the, the student, the, the principal addressing the students about the murders. There's been two murders at this point. And the first half of what she's saying sounds kind of normal. You know, two students have been taken away. Uh, no sooner that their lives taken, no sooner than they begun. And then she says, they never had a chance to smoke weed or fuck. And what is to become of their video game pre-orders? That bonus DLC is now dust in the wind. <laughs> for, a for a brief moment, we considered handing out weapons for self-defense, but realized it would be too close to the plots of various YA novels. <laughs> so, yeah, they just they keep doing stuff like that where, you know, they they break the fourth wall. Little oddities happen. And so you're left kind of wondering, like, is this a dream? Is this just their reality or is something else going on? Oh, and uh, the boy, the murderer, has a twin sister who both of them seem to be evil to some extent, but not, you know, you're not really revealed why. But one of the things I love is the twin sister uses event horizon logic to teleport them to her house where she gets a piece of paper 
And she's like, we just fold up time and space. And she folds the paper and she punctures a hole through it. And they, they, they immediately like teleport outside of her house. And the friend's like, huh, well, I thought we'd be inside your house. And she's like, the dots aren't exact. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't wait. There's a real sweet uh, story, too, where she meets another friend who um, basically falls in love with her. But just wants to be her BFF, and and so there's there's a, a, a slowly developing love story there, um, and that friend too at some point takes a baseball bat to defend her friend and like kicks ass with it. It's so great. Is Warm Bodies it. a web? Is that a, like a? Is that a web comic? Yeah, yeah. So you can actually read. I think the equivalent of three or four. Uh, trade paperbacks at this point so warm blood by josh tierney because the format definitely makes it feel like we threw this we threw this together so you could have a physical copy kind of thing because it's so tiny it's tiny well i think they did that so that they could appeal to younger readers and be cost effective Mm -hmm. but the thing is it definitely is meant to be read online because shrinking it down and also transferring it to paper diffuses some of the brightness of the colors right and it just looks better online but also there are people like us that are very stubborn at times about reading online Uh uh-huh and so this is them being (laughs) like here just get it Yeah, yeah i'm um i'm a fan of um a comic called undivine Mm. And it is by Aime Sotoyo, I think. I, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your last name. Um, and they they have a Patreon. They do stuff. Uh, they do tons and tons of stuff for this comic online, including getting out um, new you know chapters and stuff like that. But I, being the stubborn asshole that I am, would mm, only buy mm. their comic at the con. I, ah. They would... They would print it out and then put it all together themselves. And it's, you know, it's really nicely done. Um, it's not meant for a retail situation. There's no print on the spine. There is no barcode or anything like that. But it is still really well done. And they, I'm surprised, uh, but probably because in my stubbornness, they remember me that every year they're like, oh, you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, me. Please take my money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this year, since we didn't have Emerald City Comic Con, I did not purchase any new chapters. And considering that uh, the landscape of all of these things may look very, very different in the future, mm, yeah, I'll have to figure that out. Because uh, yeah. shipping, I have looked at shipping them, buying them from their store and shipping them, but that's extremely expensive. Um, <laughs> so I'll have to figure that out at some point. <laughs> Quick question for you, because I'm I'm still trying to form a fan fiction about the the uh, prawn in school. Yes. What is a great name for a series of YA novels featuring teen crustaceans, other than just teen crustaceans? Hmm. Do we want to go like punny with it? You could. I mean, we we you know we could throw a couple things against the wall here, and. Uh, <laughs> the, the one thing that keeps popping to my head and it doesn't translate is uh, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller made a fake music video for a movie once and the name of the music video was Teen Horniness is Not a Crime <laughs> and so my brain's still trying to apply that to this thing about crabs 
which <laughs> is actually a shorter distance than you would think. Something about like I may have an exoskeleton, but I have a soft heart or so. I don't know. So like I have oh. feelings or something like that, kind of playing with the fact that, you know, crustaceans <laughs> are hard outer shells, but they. My, my exoskeleton betrays my soft internal love for you. Yes, mm. there you go. Hmm, it's a little, little bit much in the mouth. <laughs> a little bit much in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't roll off the uh, It's the true. Tongue. It needs to or be short and concise, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. They're arthropods. Ooh. So is this, it's going to be a number of different people. Like it's going to be lobsters, yeah, crayfish. We should figure out the rest of the characters shrimps, as well. Shrimps, prawns, krill, wood lice, barnacles. Let's see. I'm looking at Wikipedia Ooh. right now. Kyle the krill. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. okay. Let's see. What do, what do krills look like? It's been a minute here. Let me take a look using the internet. Well, aren't the krill oh, little tiny guys? are pretty. Oh, Ooh, they fancy boys. Yeah. So I, my thought is Kyle's going to be kind of like the cool, quiet guy. And mm-hmm, he's, mm-hmm. you know, ev- all the girls want him, but he's like a little shy, you know? Maybe he yeah, has like yeah. a hobby that he doesn't want to let people know, but he like he likes bookbinding or something like that. Some like weird Ooh, thing yeah. that like cool guys like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? I- I'm done with that. I apparently have Kyle on lock. <laughs> yeah, we got Kyle on lock. Yeah. Uh, we should also pretty. have one of those, uh, what do you call it, the bullet shrimp? Oh, the um, pistol? Well, I discovered that there there's two breeds of them. There's some that are just called like the bullet shrimp, and then there's the one that's like super colorful. Right. That everybody knows because like that one online comic did a whole strip about it. The oatmeal or something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, what would the bullet shrimp name be? William? William. Well, like what's, what's his deal? Well, I mean, he's the he's the bully, of course. Oh, he's the he, bully. Yeah, he's Billy he's, the he's bully. He's like the prep school prep school bully. Billy the bully. Billy the bully the bu- bullet shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> Billy the bully the bullet shrimp. Yeah, it does. It's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> bully Billy bullet shrimp. Bullet bullet Billy the bully <laughs> shrimp. Something like that. Yeah. 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 I like this crustacean cat. Oh, crustacean high? Crustacean high. Crustacean high. Crustacean high. It's too simple for me. Arthropod Academy? Ooh, getting there. Getting there. I like that. Keep that one. What else are they? Lots of clicky clicks because I'm using the internets here. Crustacea Central High School? Okay. I apparently I really like alliterations. I'm like Stanley yeah, up in this okay. bish. <laughs> what other characters do we need? Oh, so who's the crab? What's the crab's name? Yeah, we gotta have a crab guy. Charles. Um, Thomas. Ooh, Thomas. What? What did you Thomas say? I thought that's what you said. Charles. <laughs> Ooh, Char- Charles the crab. How did he get Thomas from Charles? <laughs> okay, so Thomas. No, Thomas. Charles. Charles the crab. He has to wear glasses. Okay, okay. Um, and is he's a little our... bookish. Okay, yeah. So, of course, he's going to be friends with Kyle. Yeah, there's like, yeah, yeah. He's like very smart academic guy. Okay, okay. But he's also like very, oh, no, this is just turning into my love story. My brain is just like, but he's a very helpful young boy because he's got those like crab pincers so he can help like carry things for people and stuff. But then it yep. just became my love story because it's like big, <laughs> sweet, tough guy with like 
cute, everyone wants silent guy. No. Right, right. Um, well, and we could have many different types of crabs, too. That's so, true. That's true. Because we can also have the ones that like can rip off his arm and just toss it <laughs> when he's, whenever he's angry. Uh, yes. The lobster. Let's see. Lerald? Hmm. <laughs> Why do we both go to Lerald? Because <laughs> alliteration. Alliteration. Uh, yeah, I'm like hardwired to alliterate all these crustaceans. Yeah, yeah. That's the weird. lobsters. Hmm. Lydia the lobster. She could be a girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We haven't had any girls yet. Yeah. Her. Lydia the lobster. Okay. Again, with the alliteration. I can't she could stop. Just be, won't stop. <laughs> she, could, <laughs> she could just be Susan. Susan you know. the lobster. Mm-hmm. Oh, Susan reminds me of uh, Adventure Time Susan, where it was like they found other human-like people. They turned out, I don't think, not to be human. But Susan uh, was like a great, big, burly lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember her. Yeah. Yeah, Susan might just be default for now. Yeah. Okay, so we've we've got a beginning uh, ensemble cast here. Yes. Uh, should the principal be like an octopus that's always trying to eat them? It's turning into like assassination classroom kind of thing. Yeah. Or Amore, Amore Evil, the gangster of the sea. Yes. <laughs> gangster of the ocean. Is it sea or ocean for these guys? It's ocean. Yeah, uh, it's ocean. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. gangster of the ocean. Well, wait, the Amore Eel is, I think they're actually pretty shy. They look like badasses, but they're actually. Uh, I thought the Amore Evil was pretty hardcore about killing its prey. Well, they'll kill their prey, but I think they generally try to just kind of go under the radar and like chill out, you know? So like an assassin. Yeah. He's kind of like the professional, you know? Gotcha. 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 Yeah. He's like, he's really good at his job, but he's also (laughs) just like, I don't know if I want to keep living this life, you know? The voice of the Moray Eel is Jean Renault. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he takes in a young Natalie Portman. Yes. <laughs> just played by Natalie Portman. She's not a crab or, or an ocean creature. She just can breathe underwater for some She's reason. She's just there, yeah. <laughs> She's multifaceted. She's got plenty of talent. She is. She her can... range. Oh, <laughs> Both yeah. Both yeah, breathing yeah. in water and air is... She's super smart, yo. So she, <laughs> she, she figured out that underwater breathing a while ago. She just didn't want to share it. She's feeling private about it, you know? She's yeah, living yeah, her yeah. life. I would too, jeez. I would, uh, I would too, jeez. Yes. <laughs> Stop judging Natalie Portman. I like crustacean high. We just need to find somebody who really loves to draw crustaceans or, you know, mm. undersea animals. They like things with a lot of tentacle leggy things. The leggies, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we got a pretty good one here. We'll we'll keep we'll keep uh, shop work in the the name. Yes, uh, it could just be as simple as crustacean high, and we're we're trying too hard. Um, <laughs> keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple. <laughs> Should we just like try to try to work on making this a thing and like kickstart it and get like an artist behind <laughs> us and just work this out? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think that must, you got you might got something there. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I feel like the internet would welcome us with open arms <laughs> and crush us with their hugs. <laughs> yes, your love is suffocating me. <laughs> okay, so we'll put a pin on crustacean high and get back to that. Uh, so far, we got sad porn stars, uh, crustacean high, and. I think that's all we got so far and maybe happy gay men oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh by the way tom of finland really sounds like a shampoo by the way 
St. Ives, Tom of Finland. <laughs> um, he really gives Brandon Graham a run for his money on bubble butts. Uh, Brandon Graham of uh, multiple warheads fame? Question mark. Um, he's famous in my brain. Uh, yes. He makes these beautiful round booties on on everybody, and I love them so much. But Tom of Finland loves a bubble butt, and well, most I ain't of, mad at it. <laughs> no, no, most of Graham's bubble butts are generally women. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this seems like a good pairing here. True. We Very got true. we got we got butts from across both aisles. <laughs> butts from all over the land. Yes. Butts of our nation. <laughs> it's, the, it's the news clip that you watch before you go see a movie. Before you go to World War II. That's right. Butts of Today, our nation. Today, young men from across America, show us their heinies. <laughs> you nailed Take it. Take that, Hitler. <laughs> he can bounce bullets off of his butt. In fact, we've created a human shield. It's quite effective. <laughs> and yeah, America's ass fits into that very well. Captain America. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's America's ass. That's right. And America's <laughs> dick, which we also needed in 2020. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the... <laughs> okay. Uh, I that... needed that in 2020. I'm just saying. <laughs> I never saw it. So I don't know if I needed it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> were I don't you know how successful much I want to put on the internet about that, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, the only book that I really read this week, I'm just going to gloss over all of this, is um, Tetris by Box Brown, because I'm trying to work oh, through yeah. backlog of stuff like, do I care about having this or not? Mm-hmm. The story of Tetris is uh, a very convoluted one as far as litigation, because like it's just yeah. some guy in Russia who just liked making puzzles, made this game. It was like free share. You know, it's just like it was free for everybody to play because in Russia, you couldn't actually be a small business owner because the government owned everything because communism. Right. And uh, he I guess somebody reached his friend was just like, hey, I know a guy. Let's send it to him. He's in another country, whatever. And like. That guy, I think it was that guy. It's very convoluted. The uh, They just pretty much were like, I own this now and I'm going to sell it to 20,000 people. But like he didn't actually own it. Mm. Sold it to all these different companies. All these different companies had like, you own the PC version. You own the coin operated version. You own the family con, the fam con, which is the predecessor to the original Nintendo Entertainment mm. System. You own that version, and then, like, these people own it. And it just was, like, other people thought they owned things, and then they also did other things. And it was just, like, oh, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Eventually, a judge had to be, like, okay, this is the ruling. You guys (laughs) suck. Stop this. (laughs) So it was, like, at a certain point, I was, like, okay, I'm not tracking any of these people. I'm just going to keep rolling because holy crap. But... Box yeah. Brown is really good at doing history things. He also did one on uh, Andy Kaufman, which I'd like well, to read at some point. He did one on Andre the Giant, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, so I read uh, a couple weeks ago, but I don't think I talked about it on the podcast, The or I reread the Up, Up, or uh, Up and Away, the, the Superman book by Tom King. Yeah. Is it and, Up in the, up the in Sky? The sky. 
up in the sky. Yeah, that's it. And uh, the one thing I, I I ended my review online about it is that uh, you can't have a perfect Superman book if he doesn't save a kitten from a tree. Aww. And they do that. There's that sequence in here. So it's just like, there we go. It's it's a perfect Superman book. <laughs> Not the most perfect, but it is one that I did enjoy. Um, and also, there's a very specific point I'd like to make that Tom King did get, which is the best dark side stories are when he never gets up out of his chair. <laughs> Actually, let me let me refine that. Not only when if he doesn't get out of his chair, but if he steals somebody else's chair. Yes. Um, that's not in this book. So that makes this far from perfect. But uh, <laughs> just for context, the because the, the thing is, uh, a lot of creators tend to make Darkseid like the big bad with the invading army who allows Superman to punch and go toe to toe from. He's like, you know, the, the way they treat Thanos. And it's just like, that ain't Darkseid. Old Jack Kirby Darkseid was basically about a fascist dictator who gaslit everybody and manipulated everybody. And he was a mixture of uh, Hitler and, like, um, what's the old cowboy? Jack Terrence? The guy from City Slickers. I forget his name. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but basically, he th- through all the old Jack Kirby Fourth World stuff... Basically, he would go around and manipulate everybody and never, never lift a finger. And that's like, that's the best dark side mm-hmm. because he could kill the hell out of everybody, but he took more joy in manipulating and corrupting and hating on people. And so any story that features that. And then what he tended to do also was he would show up in somebody's apartment and just be sitting on their couch and, <laughs> and, and he'd just be like, hello. I'm Darkseid. I'm here to talk to you about your immortal soul. And uh, a couple people have done that since then. I think Tom King actually did have a sequence in Mr. Miracle where uh, he shows up on somebody's couch or something like that. But um, but yeah, in this one, uh, Superman goes to Apocalypse and Darkseid just kind of sits on his comfy throne. And he's just like, hey, I know how you can save this little girl that you've been traveling the cosmos through. But the only way I'll tell you how to do that is if you kill somebody that's innocent. And Superman's like, fine. And he goes and he does something. And I'm not going to talk about it. Oh. That's for you to figure out and go read it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and basically, they never, they don't show you immediately what happens. Um, and Darkseid is just like, did you do it? Or are you a liar? And Superman is just like, either way, you win. Because I had to, uh, you know, do something that I, that goes against my morals. And Darkseid's like, nice, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. Sweet. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, dark side. I don't remember him sitting on a couch somewhere, but I definitely think he was doing some throne sitting in Mr. Miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a yeah. lot of throne sitting. Sure. Yeah, one of my favorite dark side stories is when like the forever people they finally kind of catch up to him and it's just like, we're going to confront him and fight him. And he, he turns into a drill instructor and he basically gets them like so nervous that they like, you know, they stand at attention and he just kind of gives them, gives them shit and then tells them to go away. And they like, yeah, uh, uh, yes, sir. And they do that. And he's just like, okay, I'm going home now. 
<laughs> yeah, there was there was some like weird Superman event in like the late nineties, early two thousands, where it ended with Superman just punching Darkseid in the face so much that like his eyes poofed up so he couldn't use the Omega Beam, and it's just like, oh, okay, <sighs> I guess we could do that. Like it's just, it's just cheap and stupid you know compared compared to having to deal with somebody that's corrupting your soul mm. i'm just gonna punch him in the face you like you know? the emotional you're more of a freddy guy freddy krueger versus a jason Voorhees kind of guy you like the the mental emotional sort of stirrings yeah. and corruptions over just the hack and slash well i think especially when it comes to a superman story because a lot of people complain about Superman being too powerful. Sure. And boring. And it's just like, yeah, that's because you missed the point. The The point of Superman's story is, what if you are a god, but you want to be human? Mm-hmm. And it's more about the morality plays and stuff like that. So in those cases, Darkseid is the perfect villain. And mm. that, you know, he is representative of everybody's <gasps> Darkseid. And, you know... It means about overcoming those elements of yourself and becoming something better, which is <gasps> something Superman stories tend to be about. So, <laughs> you know. Gasp. Ah. <laughs> <gasps> I can't believe you didn't get that after you read Spawn or some shit like that. Now. Anyway. Uh, not, not the poop too much on Spawn. I'm just, you know, just just putting it out there. 1970s Jack Kirby uh, morality plays about Darkseid and the human spirit are much deeper than Todd McFarlane's abuse of Faust. So, you know, just going to put that out there. <laughs> The shady corner of today's <laughs> podcast. I yeah. hate your big boots and your spiky chains. There you go. I don't know. I don't you know why it became a with, sing song thing. <laughs> you should have ended it with your spiky ass. <laughs> with your spiky ass. <laughs> Rhyme it with podcast. <laughs> <laughs> On the shady corner of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Shady grows. Well, I only have butts to talk about forever. I think that's about all I've got today. I don't know. If we want to rekindle our crustacean high. <laughs> I think we should simmer on it. Yes. And, and we can always come back to it. That's true. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I feel we got a couple good things out of this episode. You know, we got butts. We got sad porn stars. We got uh, crustacean high. And Kyle the Krill. Mm, um, Kyle the Krill. So dreamy. Mm -hmm. He's the Brad Renfro of our time. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, Kyle and his book binding, his sexy, sexy book binding. <laughs> and uh, th this should be some sort of like book club where like the the uh, the final story arc is them creating their own book. And like it's all going to fall apart because the book binder isn't there. <laughs> they, they, they did something really mean to Kyle and they got to they got to make it up to him so they can have the perfect book binding. There you go. That's that's one one book right there. Just like mm -hmm. trying to pull together and make it right with Kyle the Krill, <laughs> so they can finish their bookbinding project. Volume one is the spines that keep us together. The, the, binds, <laughs> the spines the that binds, bind. The spines that bind. 
I think well. I also want like a fan fiction webcomic about sad porn stars. So it's just like a more, not necessarily just so that we can look at sad porn stars, because I don't think that in and of itself is a good thing. But I think <laughs> having more complexity to people who are like, you know, sex workers of our industry, you know. Yes. Having yes, more yes. depth, having more, you know, humanity uh, stories placed on them that actually have you care about the humanity. Yes. As opposed to just secretly liking somebody's work and then condemning them in public. Right. Which is just so yeah the way in this country. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is the way. You yeah. Know. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. Does it? Do we just call it sad porn stars? It's a little too on the nose. I think it should be something else because I think people will be like, I don't want to read about sad porn stars. Like nobody wants to read about sad porn stars. But if you make it interesting and compelling. Unless that's your kink. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's just a little too niche maybe. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, wait. Here's, yeah. here's, a, here, here's a, uh, uh, a philosophical question. Is... Telling people not to kink shame in itself a kink shame of kink shaming. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave you with that philosophical question. And uh, I think we're at a pretty good point with this episode. Yeah, I did yeah. have a uh, conversation with Pizza Pie and Scarecrow for like 10 minutes, though. So I think this will probably be more like a 30 minute episode, which is fine. We'll just have like it's maybe fine. a mini sode kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, then. So quick plug here. Um, you can find my work at trustyhenchman.com. Um, it would be much appreciated if you wanted to support me on my Patreon, which you could find through trustyhenchman.com. $3 a month gets you a weekly email newsletter or just newsletter. And, uh, there's tons of stuff on there, uh, links to relevant Kickstarters and news and reviews. And then, uh, you, you get other stuff with that $3 a month. You get quite a lot of value. I like to say. Absolutely. And, uh, so c- come on back. I don't know. This is <laughs> come on awkward. down to trustyhenchman.com. <laughs> no, this is, this is on par with our awkward goodbyes. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Like, we can't, yeah. we don't know how to end things. We don't, no, none yeah. of this is scripted as you can probably tell. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, so thank you for joining us and, uh, awkward goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>